Good to see everybody here in this space. Good to see you online, or you to see me online. We're glad that you're here. And, you know, it's one of those times that uh, when you're worshiping as the preacher, you, you're, you're sitting down there and you're excited because I'm pumped about what I have to share. But also the worship it has been so good that you're like, you know, maybe they could just do all those songs again and I'd be okay with that. But yet I have a lot to share. So it's this, 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 this struggle I have inside of me because I want to share what God's been saying and, 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 and wants us to hear. But I also want to worship more. And man, it's a good place to And I'm glad that that's the case. But we're going to go on and I'm going to share with you what I think God has for me to share with you this morning. I want to show you a picture up on the screen is a a sign that hangs in our dining room. Is Is it up there? Is anybody seeing it? Yes. Okay. There you go. I don't like to turn around because then you see the back of my head in the camera, but now it's okay. So there it is. That's the, that's the courthouse. My last name is Court. Our family's last name is Court. And I always refer to our family as the courthouse. And somebody years and years ago, when our kids were just little tiny things, uh, made us that sign. And we debated about where to put it. And we chose to hang it in our dining room because it's in the dining room, around the dining room table, around those family uh, meals when what it means to be a court is established. What do we believe in? What do we stand for? How do we live our lives? And like every family, not only are we figuring those things out and talking about them around the dining room table, but then we're living them out as we're on our vacations or when we're in the car and grocery stores and sports and church and all those things. And that's where we discover what it means to be for us a court and to live in the courthouse. We wanted to put it outside, but we thought that would confuse the neighbors. Uh, but our, my Wi-Fi is the courthouse, just in case you're wondering. So any neighbor who wants to steal would really be nervous about that, right? Because they would have to get, anyway. Uh, so, uh, uh, but what's interesting about uh, our families is that there's intentional learning, and then there's also unintentional learning, right? There's the things that we say, and there's the things that we do, and our kids are watching us, how we say and how we do things, and making sure that what we say and what we do matches. And this is how we live as our families. This is how we live as courts. But it's more than just a last name on a driver's license. Good and bad, the courts have a DNA. And it's a shared DNA. And together we have a lifetime of shared experiences. And we look alike. And we act alike. And we have these shared memories. And we will always be courts. We may invite a few others to join us along the way, but we will always be courts because of two things. Relationships, which are the closest and most intimate of relationships, and our shared legacy, that together we have stories and we have moments that have made us who we are. And much is the same with your families. If your children are young, every day you are investing in relationships and you're building a legacy with your family. Intentionally, and like I said, unintentionally, you're teaching them what it means to be a member of your family. And if you are older, you are reaping now what has been sown in those relationships and in legacy with your adult children and grandchildren. So we're in a series that we're calling Identity Crisis, where we're looking at how the church and how Christ followers specifically are facing, can face an identity crisis, because there are those who are questioning, who are we? Who are we? And it can be confusing. 
we hear Christians do this or Christians believe this. And, but what if I don't do that? Or what if I don't believe that? And so through this series, we're going to discover truth about who we are. Now, if you were to read the Bible from cover to cover, I forgot to bring my Bible, and I was using it as an illustration. Is that crazy or what? Uh, uh, <laughs> it's sitting on my desk. Uh, but so uh, here I am with a Bible that I grabbed from there. There's some papers in here, and I'm afraid they're going to fall out as I do this illustration. But I want to show you that if you were to read the first pages of Genesis, Genesis 1 through 3, and in my Bible at home, I had these marked, so it would be so easy. But in Genesis 1 through 3, you discover first in Genesis 1 that God created everything. And in Genesis 2, God's climactic creation was creating humanity, that God breathed into humanity, that there was this intimate relationship, this face-to-face -face relationship that was established from the beginning between God and humanity. And then Genesis chapter 3, you discover that humanity made a choice, choosing self over God. And that humanity broke the relationship between God and themselves. And in that breaking of that intimate relationship, the world was broken as well. And scarred and marred and ruined. And you find all of that in just the first few pages of Genesis 1 through 3. And then in Genesis 1 all the way through Genesis 11... You see that this sin has gone on and on, and it is, a, it is a breaking of relationships through and through. And that when we lie, we are breaking a relationship. When we cheat, when we steal, when we disobey, we are always breaking relationship. Because sin is always selfish. And it's the opposite of loving God and the opposite of loving people. Sin always breaks relationships every time. And in Genesis 1 through 11, we discover that God and humanity and the brokenness of relationship is through and through. And all of creation is broken and marred and scarred. And then if we were to go from Genesis chapter 12 all the way through to the end of the Old Testament... This whole section shows the depth of the broken relationships because of sin and the promise of reconciliation between God and humanity and the world. And then if we continue through, we see in the first four books of the New Testament, the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see in this section the story of God's rescue plan that God can secure our relationship and it can be found in Jesus' life and death and resurrection. And the songs we sang today spoke of that reconciliation that can be found through the rescue plan of God through Jesus. And then the rest of the New Testament, the church, you and I, have the opportunity to bring heaven to earth that the reconciliation between God and humanity and the world can be and will be made complete. And then, the very last two chapters. Right here. The last pages of the Bible. 
tell of the reconciled and restored relationship between God and humanity. And the world is restored. And it was as it was intended to be in Genesis 1 and 2. Forever. And the first chapters and the last chapters are the story of the whole relationship between God and humanity. A whole relationship between God and humanity. But you and I, we are living in between the pages. We're living where sin and broken relationships can lead to an identity crisis. And for some, because we're living in between the pages, we spend our days and we can spend our days wondering if we're balancing between being in or out. Do I make the cut? Am I going to heaven? (laughs) Will God forgive me? And that's the world we live in, in between the pages. Wondering and hoping. So Paul wrote a letter to the Christian church in Rome, and he said this. He said, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba, Father. Or daddy. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. I was in, uh, I have an online small group and we uh, meet uh, midweek and uh, always online right now. And uh, a few of us arrived early to the group and we were chatting and having the, you know, how are you doing? How's your week going? And a few of us were having this conversation about, how you doing? How's your week going? And someone said, someone said, I spent this week teetering between being in and out. Tough day at work, tough day with family, tough week at work. And we got talking about the challenges at work and home and what it's like personally. And we were discussing how we were left feeling, wondering, am I going to make it? Am I in? Am I out? And I knew I was going to preach this, and right away I went, oh, this is the message we need to hear. Because we're living in between the pages. And we're wondering. And we're uncertain. Am I in or am I out? And Paul says to the Romans living, or the Christians living in Rome, He says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Paul says, we're not fearful slaves. We don't have to question, did I make it today? Will I make it tomorrow? My performance at work and at home doesn't change, doesn't have to change my relationship with God. I don't have to perform for God's approval. Paul says, no, that's not the life we've been called to live. 
We're not called to wonder or to hope we made God's cut. He says, we are God's children. We share a spiritual DNA with God. It's a repaired DNA. Genesis 1 and 2, the DNA was breathed into us. The gospel, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection restores it. And Revelation will someday live it to its fullest where our repaired DNA that was ruined by sin can be restored by Jesus. We have been adopted. That's why we say here, conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. We are learning and being transformed to look like a member of the family. And it happens in community, intentionally and unintentionally. And throughout our weeks and throughout our days as we live in this life, our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with God can be like a relationship with our family. And it's never been about who's in or who's out. See, the challenge we have as we live between the pages is we're knowing here and believing here. And there's a journey we have to take from here to here. Someone once, when I was just a teenager, said to me, the distance between heaven and earth is 12 inches. The journey from here to here. Because we know it. And how do we believe it? How do we move from here to here? And living in between the pages, it becomes challenging. It becomes difficult. It becomes to a point where we want to just give up because say, I just don't know. Am I in or am I out? Paul says that we've received God's spirit. Not the spirit of fearful slaves, but we receive God's spirit. God breathes into humanity just like God did in Genesis 2. Like I mentioned, God breathes into the created. This intimate face-to-face closeness. Paul says, God is with us. We receive God's spirit. We can experience a relationship with God through Jesus that is deeper than any human relationship, a relationship so intimate that we can have a familial experience with God, calling God our parent, calling God daddy. Because you and I, as we've been singing about all day here, are children of God, familiar and affectionate with great intimacy and trust. And God is as close as the air we breathe. One of the reasons I love that we sing songs like that is that we say it and we learn to believe it. And I find myself sometimes over on my chair, which is over there for some reason always, and as I'm there, I find myself applauding for God. Saying, God, I need to believe that. I need to know that. I know it here, but God, help me to believe it here. Because I'm on a journey from head to heart. And I want to move from here to here. So that I can know that God is as close as the air we breathe. And that there is no question, did I make it today? 
in the same way that my children, I believe, have never had to question, am I a member of this family or am I out? And we can have that same confidence in Jesus. But there's this journey that we take between heaven and earth, this 12-inch journey that takes a lifetime. Paul goes on and he says this, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. We are his heirs. We have an inheritance. We have a legacy. We have been adopted out of the brokenness of sin to the family of the kingdom, of, uh, to the king of the universe. That's our shared story. That's our legacy. We sang, I am who I say I am. Uh, excuse me. I am who you say I am. Chosen, not forsaken, a child of God. Oh, if we could get that from here to here, how our lives would be different. And together we have this shared legacy, shared stories of lives being changed by God. And we build the kingdom of God together, repairing and reconciling this broken world together. My prayer for us today, and whether you're here in this space or watching online, my prayer for each of us is that we would move closer on that journey from head to heart. Oh, guys, I got a lot more. Don't come up yet. I said prayer, and I told them I wasn't going to say prayer, and I said prayer. See, they're jonesing to get back up here too, but I've got more to say. I've got six minutes and 57 seconds yet, so we can have this complete assurance because we got to move on to what assurance means. We can have this complete sense of assurance that God, the Father, loves you, that God, the Spirit, is in you, and Jesus truly died for you. That is our relationship, and our legacy is secured in Jesus, that we are not slaves, that we are the adopted children of the King of the universe, and you and I are family with the King, that this kinship to God through Jesus is eternal, and it is forever. And one day, when we get to the last pages— it will be made complete. And until then, each day we live out our faith on that journey from head to heart. Until then, each day we live out our faith, building the kingdom that is to arrive someday. Someone once said it this way. The gospel is good news that our tickets have been issued by the Father, purchased by, the, purchased by Jesus, and ratified by the Holy Spirit. And it's not a ticket to heaven. It is not a ticket to heaven. It's more like joining a rescue boat that we have been recruited on, and we pick up other refugees and survivors from the storms of evil until the day when the admiral returns to take charge of the fleet. And while on that boat, we can be assured of our deliverance, knowing that no storm of sin, no wave of wickedness, 
and no typhoon of tragedy can remove us from the love of the one who called us and set us on his vessel named Ecclesia Day, the church of God. And so we live in a world where there are so many things we do not know. And before this week, as I was preparing, it was things like gas prices and job insecurity and divisions and anger. And since this week, it's about the unknowns of war and about the naked and evil aggression that threatens peace and brings harm. There was a prayer that I found this week that I've been praying because I didn't know how to pray. Lord, we ask that you would protect the weak, break the fangs of the wicked in their mouths, strengthen those who are healing the wounds, and give wisdom for others who have the power to restrain or rebuke evil. I don't know how that fits theologically with who I am, but it worked for me this week. It seems that every day there's an ongoing cycle. There's another round of unknowns and another round of complications in life and in the world. And as we live in between the pages, it leads us to question so many things. Whether it's a medical diagnosis or the shattered dreams or the broken relationships or the list of regrets. But these do not ultimately define who we are. The world does not define who we are. As children of God, we are defined by the heavenly realm. And we can know, in between the pages, we can know this, that God is faithful. That throughout history, God comes through. God will come through for you through storms, through giants, through wars, through famines, through sickness. Our collective family legacy is shared stories of God coming through every time. God comes through. God is faithful. If you're not receiving the prayer email, let me just tell you, you need to get it because that's part of our shared family legacy, where we see storms and pray for storms and where we see God is faithful. Because God is faithful. And we can know right now in between the pages that Jesus saves. That Jesus saves anyone. You've heard me say this for the whole, whole 17 years. I've been here 17 years. The whole 17 years I've been here. That no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've thought about God in the past, Jesus saves. There is no question. There is no in or out. You are adopted. You can be adopted into the family of God. And if you've never experienced that, today could be the day. God is faithful. Jesus saves. The Holy Spirit empowers the ancient rabbis taught the name of God. We just finished the series, but it's interesting how it keeps coming back and joining into this series. The, the ancient rabbis taught that the name of God, Yahweh, could not be spoken at all. It could only be breathed. And so there are many who believe the correct pronunciation is to imitate the sound of inhaling and exhaling. Yah, 
Richard Rohr said that with every breath we inhale Yahweh. That makes the name of God the thing we do without even thinking. Whether we're awake or we're asleep, we're breathing in the name of God. It means that our first words of life and our last words on earth, we're breathing the name of God. That God is as available and as accessible as the very thing we do constantly and even unaware. Breathe. And at creation, God breathed the breath into life, and we continue to breathe God's breath in the same way. The Holy Spirit is living inside of you as a believer. God is faithful. Jesus saves. The Holy Spirit empowers. And the church will endure. We can know this here in between the pages. That there is no force that will prevail against the people of God called the church. Men and women conforming and being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ for the sake of other, others looking like their heavenly father. And the world desperately needs to see the church practice what is extremely difficult to accomplish. A diverse group of people loving and advocating for each other. Building our family legacy together. The kingdom of God on earth, where love rules, where sin is banished, and joy covers all things. So we're going to pray together. <laughs> and the band's going to come up. Susie's going to play something spiritual while I pray. We can be sure that as we make that journey of 12 inches from head to our heart, that God is faithful, that Jesus saves, that the Holy Spirit empowers, and that the church will endure. And we're going to spend some time in prayer. And as we pray, uh, as I did uh, a few weeks ago, I'm going to encourage you uh, just to find a comfortable way to pray. You may want to put your hands uh, open. You may want to put your hands up as a sign of submission. You may uh, want to stand. You may want to kneel. If you're at home, you can do the same thing. Pray the way that you feel most comfortable. And let's pray together. And so, God, we ask that you would come through, even through the storms that we may be facing and the storms that we experience right now. Because, God, we believe that you are faithful. And God, I pray that we would know that whether it's sickness that you will bring, that you can bring health, whether it's war that you can bring peace, that it's brokenness, you can bring wholeness. And that God, our relationship with you is secure because of Jesus. And God, help us to know, help us to move from head to heart that God, you are faithful. And God, if we don't know it, help us, help us to say it until we know it, that God, you are faithful. And God, no matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, no matter what we thought about you in the past, you can forgive us. You will forgive us. That Jesus 
is our answer to the brokenness of sin. God, if there's someone who's never experienced that, I pray that they would just pray this simple prayer. Jesus, I believe in you. And I believe that you forgive. And I want you to be the leader of my life. And I trust in you. And I pray, God, that we would move from head to heart, knowing that God is faithful, knowing that Jesus saves. And that the Holy Spirit empowers and lives inside of us. And God, as we take a breath in, as we breathe out, you want to be that close to us. You are that close, that the Spirit lives inside of us. And God, I pray that we would have no question about our relationships. Our our relationship with you is restored and is reconciled because God is faithful. Jesus saves. The Holy Spirit endures. Uh, uh, The Holy Spirit empowers and the church endures. God, I pray that we would be the church in this world. That God, we're living in between the pages. The world is broken and it's confusing and it's, it's difficult. And God, there's, there's wars and rumors of wars and there's, there's broken relationships and there's sickness. And God, in the church is the hands and feet of Jesus. God, help us to be that. And God, I pray that each of us will move a step closer from head to heart. If we can believe these things and live these things and invite others to join in these things, God, we can change our world and bring the kingdom here on earth. And I pray that that's our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.